Hello and welcome to Medical News Review with me, Shiv Mystery, talking about all things medicine that I find intriguing in what is my eighth episode. Today we have a slightly different episode on the contaminated blood scandal and I am joined by two guest speakers, Josh Jankovic and Alex Dudko. Hi guys and thank you Shiv for having me on the podcast. The contaminated blood scandal of the 1970s and 80s is a key piece of English medical history due to its catastrophic effect. But don't worry if you've never heard of it before. It was covered up very well by people in high places. In this episode, we will give a brief overview of what the contaminated blood scandal was, who it affected, how it happened, and how everyone can learn not to make the same mistakes again. In the 1970s and 80s, 4,689 people with haemophilia and other bleeding disorders were infected with HIV and hepatitis viruses through the use of contaminated clotting factors. It is estimated that as many as 25,000 people may have been infected. Some of those unintentionally infected their partners, often because they were unaware of their own infection. Since then, more than 3,000 people have died, and of the 1,243 people infected with HIV, less than 250 are still alive. People with bleeding disorders, like haemophilia, lack a protein that enables their blood to clot, most commonly factor eight. This means that even minor injuries can lead to bleeding that is difficult to treat. Until the 1970s, the treatment for these disorders required transfusions with plasma, which had to be given in hospital. This treatment was replaced with a revolutionary new product, Factor Concentrate, which could be administered at home with an injection. For the first time, people with bleeding disorders could be treated prophylactically, which is prior to any symptoms, reducing the likelihood of a bleed and the resulting joint damage. Factor Concentrate was produced by pooling human blood plasma from up to 40,000 donors and concentrating it to extract the required clotting factor. Just one contaminated sample could infect the entire batch. Blood and blood products were known to transfer viruses such as hepatitis, so the use of poured blood products increased the risk of infection significantly. The danger of contamination rose further when a shortage of UK-produced concentrate meant it was imported from the United States, which used blood from high-risk paid donors such as prisoners and drug addicts. These risks were ignored by leading doctors and the government who failed to take appropriate action to end their use and return to safer products. Pharmaceutical companies and doctors did not share appropriate information about risks with patients and patient groups. In 1975, the then Health Minister, Dr David Owen, announced that funds had been allocated to ensure the UK became self-sufficient in blood products, but this never happened. From this time, outbreaks of hepatitis began to be reported from haemophilia centres around the country. In 1982, the first death of a man with haemophilia infected by AIDS was reported in the US and the first warning of the danger of contracting AIDS from contaminated blood products was published in the US. This was followed in 1983 by warnings in The Lancet and from the World Health Organization which said that people with haemophilia should be warned of the dangers. Due to the widespread ignorance about the HIV virus and a lack of understanding of how it is transmitted, Many people assumed anyone with haemophilia was infected with AIDS. This forced many people to hide their haemophilia for fear of stigma and discrimination. Those infected with HIV were often advised by their consultant not to tell anyone of their diagnosis. It was a time of fear and isolation for many people with haemophilia, 
who did not yet realise how many others were infected. Some families were subjected to appalling abuse, resulting in them being forced out of jobs or having to leave their homes. As a result, many people who were infected or affected by the scandal continue to keep it a secret. No compensation has ever been paid to victims of the contaminated blood scandal in the UK. In 1989, the UK government announced ex gratia payments to people infected with HIV through contaminated blood products. In 2004, another fund to make payments to people infected with hepatitis was launched by the government. And in 2017, these schemes and trusts were replaced by infected blood support schemes in England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. By 1984, heat-treated blood products in which the viruses had been deactivated started to become available. This, combined with improvements in donor vetting, meant that by 1986, UK patients were receiving safer treatment, although some risks still remained. Late in the 1990s, the use of synthetic, also known as recombinant clotting factors, started to become widespread in the UK, effectively eliminating the risks from viruses and other contaminants. Campaign groups such as the Haemophilia Society and Tainted Blood argue that neither those treated nor their families were told the risks as early as they could have been. And recently, after much pressure from the public, an inquiry was set up by the UK government ministers in response to campaigners' requests, seeking to establish when doctors and officials became aware of the risks of these treatments and if any action could have prevented so many people becoming infected. Antiviral therapies now mean that many people with HIV can have near normal lifespans and hepatitis C is curable. Yet, these drugs came too late for the 3,000 people with haemophilia who died of AIDS or Hepatitis C. In the words of ex-UK Prime Minister Theresa May in a statement before the inquiry began, the contaminated blood scandal was a tragedy that never should have happened and has caused unimaginable pain and hurt for victims and their families for decades. Today, we'll begin a journey which will be dedicated to getting the truth of what happened and in delivering justice to everyone involved. Well, there you have it. Thanks again for having me on the show, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. So that was this week's episode all about a key piece of medical history in the contaminated blood scandal. Hopefully this has helped you understand some of the common misconceptions regarding haemophilia and HIV, the mistakes of doctors in the past, and how we as aspiring medics can endeavour to learn from them. Anyway, I hope you uh, enjoyed this slightly different episode. Uh, thanks to Josh and Alex for joining me today and see you next time.